Hey guys, welcome to Bagging Boardcast, episode number 357. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out December 6, 2017. Ooh. What are you going to do when it switches over to 2018? He's going to 2018. <laughs> See, it's not the same. I, I don't recommend that. All right. Well, we'll have to see when it happens. We'll have to see when we do our 2018 look forward. Maybe we. Uh, but then we always do a weekly rotating main topic as well. And this week we're taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out in November 2017 with our November 2017 monthly look back. And this time we have five books. So it's, it's kind of a big boy for us. Where we're talking about Mystic U number one, The Demon Hell is Earth number one, Doomsday Clock number one, Captain America 695 number one. I don't, I don't know. We'll talk more about that. And then Doctor Strange, number 381. So everything's kind of technically a number one. It's exciting. Uh, yeah, definitely. And also what's exciting is possibly what we're drinking. Yeah. Uh, I went a couple of weeks ago now. I went down to Erie, PA, and picked us up some Voodoo Brewery. Hey, uh, your present wife was down in Erie, PA. Did she happen to bring back anything from no, Voodoo No, they had left before it opened. Oh, okay. But uh, we're drinking their Hefeweizen. We've been a big fan of their IPAs. We've been a huge fan of the Barrel Age collection. Uh, so I decided, hey, we like Hefeweizens. Let's give it a shot. Uh, this is in the can. And they don't have dates on the uh, can. It was oh. right here, but it looks like it's, it's kind of faded worn away. Off. So uh, this is called June Gloom. And this is their uh, German Hefeweizen. Yeah, and they, they say they're really going for authentic German style using... Um, German malt, imported German malts. German malts. German wheat. German wheat. Um, and they're uh, following uh, the Rheinsgebot, which is just Ooh, the... German purity. German purity law. Uh, 5.7. This is okay. Uh, it's it's a it's good, but it's... I don't know. It's, it's not... It's I'm not little, loving it. It's uh, not super flavorful. It does have that little bit of... Um, banana-y-ness that you want from a Hefeweizen. And what I learned when I brewed a German Hefeweizen mm-hmm. with uh, a local brewery, that the longer you have the beer mature warm before you put it in the cold is the stronger the banana uh, mm-hmm. and that bubble gumminess uh, comes out in the beer. So to me, with it being very light, means it was very... It was a real quick process. Real quick process, and it wasn't uh, sitting warm to ferment. Yeah. This is, it's an easy drinking beer. It is easy, but it also is like I feel f- like filled with this. Oh, really? Like the more I drink mm-hmm. it, the more I'm like, Whew, this is like daunting to to drink it." We well, don't need to finish. Okay. I heard I heard Chris only has one beer. I only have one beer. Yeah, what beer is that, Chris? Uh, this is actually coming from a Six Point Brewery out of New York City, and this is their Three Beans, and this is a oh. bourbon barrel aged porter with cocoa husks and coffee added. It's been a while since I've had anything from Six Point. John, I know you're not the biggest fan of them, but everything I've had from them, I've I've enjoyed. Like, everything that they've brewed so far has been just really enjoyable and drinkable. Uh, so when I saw they had a bourbon barrel aged beer, I was like, okay, you know what? I I will give this a shot, and I have to say, I I really mm-hmm. do dig this. Uh, it was, comes in a four-pack of cans like all of their other offerings. I want to say it was like twelve ninety-nine for the four-pack. So it's That's not a bit more than their normal. Isn't it a thinner can, too? No, it's just, no? it is a thinner can, but you still yeah. get 12 ounces. Oh, it's 12 ounces? Yeah, but it's, 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's still the twelve ounce cans, but all of their cans are kind of like that taller, thinner style. Mm. Like it's it's in that kind of compact, like four pack box that they offer pretty much everything in. Uh, um, I do I, want. I do just want to say this. I enjoy six point beers. It's Paul I, I who am, is oh, the naysayer. Paul. Sorry. Okay. I am I, the I, naysayer. Uh, that's because I, you know most of their they kind of tasted a little samey, but three beans and diesel. Are probably my two favorite of theirs and then bengali tiger and then everything else is kind of the same um well they have in the past they in the past they've also released a four bean and a five bean what um four being yeah. being i think a stout and five bean being an imperial stout that's right ra- racking in at like 13 percent, like crazy big well this one alone is uh 10.1 percent, so it's definitely like the biggest one i've had from them mm. but yeah uh five beans is a porter brewed with natural flavors and coffee and then the four bean is a uh, ale brewed with natural flavors and coffee. Okay, so I might have had the four bean, not the three bean. I'm not sure which. I only picked up a single can of it, though, like at Premier, you know, because it was one of those things. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty pricey for what it, for for me giving a shot of a brewery that I'm not a huge fan of. Does uh does the fact that they um stole the head brewer from Trillium, which is known for doing crazy new england style beers and now he's part of their team oh all new beers coming out of the brewery are probably going to be his recipes uh that does interest me yes that does make me want to be like okay yeah wide uh, distribution of that stuff yes please all of their um common things bengali crisp which is their pilsner uh resin their imperial not bad all uh new recipes oh good kind of updated they've updated the recipes i haven't see, had I any go back and try all of those just to see how they are because i enjoyed before um their red one the global warmer because i'm looking at it on the website now uh i really enjoyed that one too when it came out a couple years ago so yeah i, w- I would try all that again but I, don't know, I hope it's not too different from what they what they were because i really enjoyed all of it yeah if you, if you can find it uh three bean yeah i'll, I'll definitely uh yeah. be on the lookout for it and they do say on the side of the box that this can age in in the cans up to five years. Uh, I drank three of them yesterday, and I'm drinking my fourth one now. So we'll, we'll see if I go back and get another box of it, or if I just put that money towards some other stuff because they did have all of the Goose Island, uh, like the Bourbon County stuff, and then they had the barley wine, which uh, we have a barley wine. So I was thinking about grabbing that too, but I wasn't sure. And it's you know, got decent reviews. So yeah, yeah. Also, you can if you have if you can find the uh, reserve or any of the other flavors, you can sell those online, Chris, and you know, like four times, five times what you spent on it. <laughs> no, they only had just like the regular the, uh, the Goose Island Bourbon County and then the barley wine one, which I haven't seen out in the wild yet. So barley wine it was the first time it was bigger release. Like I actually got two cases in my store, and I bought one for Paul and I and. Is it worth like fourteen ninety nine? Do you think? We haven't had it yet. Okay, yeah. I don't know um, if you tried it. No, it, was, it released on Black Friday, so it's only been we've only had it for two weeks. Gotcha. But I would go and look and try to find CBS, sir. Um, I I looked for it yesterday when I went to the store and they didn't have any. So, mm. so oh, I need to get, to get out a little bit later down here in Florida. So I'm gonna have to keep going back to see because based on the fact that they've gotten everything else from Founders, and then I can still get. Like Backwoods Bastard down here, and they have like the breakfast out. Uh, I'm I'm hoping it'll make its way here. It just might take it like an extra week. Well, if it doesn't, we'll be bringing a bottle down uh, when we come in January. Hey, and we can enjoy it then. 
Uh, but something else the entire world enjoyed is in our Week in Geek, and that is the release of Avengers 4 Infinity War. The whole world was like, get this get this world a trailer. It is the like number one viewed trailer ever uh, from one of the articles I saw, and people seem to be going crazy about Chris Evans' beard. Oh, really? That man can wear a beard. Not not Star Lord's mustache, but almost full eighties mustache, almost Fu Manchu. It's the beard. It's oh, it's the beard. Do they fear the beard? They're going Gaga for uh, the beard. Ooh, they respect the for beard. For a trailer, in case you haven't watched it yet, for some reason, I'm sure everyone watched it multiple times as soon as it launched, like I did. Man, the scene where it looks like they're prying the the Mind Stone off of Vision, though, that got me fucked up. <laughs> what? Like that? That hurt. I felt that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's only a quick glimpse, and it, there's no sound. You don't hear him screaming or anything, but the the pain on his face. Yeah. I, I saw the trailer with uh, the vision, and I'm like, oh, some actor's uh, agent is like, yeah, my client no longer wants to sit in the damn chair, makeup chair for eight hours a day. <laughs> right. So you better come up with some sort of reason why he looks more human. <laughs> my thing is, is that him before or after the Mind Stone's taken out? Well, you see the stone still there. Well, you see like, glowing you see stone, that so. that could be just residue from the stone having been pulled from his head. Some some mind gem residue. Yeah, why he's still alive? The well, he's still an AI. I don't know, Paul. Right? Because comic still... books. Right. <laughs> don't overthink it. I'm overthinking everything. Because um, that's what you do when a trailer comes out. You look and be like, man, how long has Captain America been been hiding? Well, let's look at his beard. How much stubble does he have? Oh, he's got a full beard. <laughs> full beard. He's been on the run for a while. Two of the things that came out of this trailer that I was like, oh, shit, I love it. Peter Parker's hairs on his arms standing mm-hmm. up going like, spider sense is finally. Because we didn't get spidey sense in, in Homecoming. So I got that and I was like, oh, spider sense. Mm-hmm. And then Black Panther going, get this man a shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the other standout moment for me, too. I like uh, Thanos coming down and being like, you know what? One doesn't really take into fun when balancing the universe. But this brings a smile to my face. I'm like, wow. (laughs) All right. You enjoy being a bad guy, bad guy. Yeah. Just do it. What was one of the other things? Uh, Something I didn't catch on my multiple viewings but was pointed out to me was uh, when you see the collector. Oh, I didn't even. In the background there is a man wearing uh, cut-off shorts, completely in blue, with a mustache and glasses on that looks a lot like Tobias Funke from Arrested Development. I haven't even seen the collector in the in the trailer. Like, where where does he pop up? Uh, he, like, I'm pretty sure he just pops up for, like, a second when they say something about the Infinity Stones. Hmm. So Tobias so is back there? Uh, the Russo brothers directed like nine episodes oh. of uh, um, Arrested, Arrested Development. The two yeah, of them they have do- the the stair car, the blue stair car <laughs> at the airport, uh, and they uh, Civil War. They're the, oh, they directed the first um, the first episode together, mm-hmm. and then to, both of them combined uh, have directed nine episodes together. Or, mm. So a little episodes. little arrest development uh, nod. That's cute. But no, I mean, the trailer looks great. Um, and then something I saw somebody pointed out is like um, 
when you see people like you see that one group running mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, where's so and so and so and so and so and so? Well, Marvel opts to not show the full trailer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like in um, Age of Ultron, uh, they show a, in the trailer, they would show like Captain America, Thor, Hulk. Um, and then in the movie, what we saw was those guys with Vision, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch in oh, yeah. the background. So like they'll edit things out. Remember the Thor trailers? Hello breaks up that hammer like in the middle of a street. Yeah, it looks like it's in a, a like an alleyway. Alleyway or something. And then it happens actually spoilers for the movie if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. It happens actually out in a field. Yeah. You're like uh, that's a little different. And I know there was some well, other even changes even too. going to Civil War, they completely edited Spider Man out of the airport scenes when everyone's like running at each other. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. And then also in one of the Thor trailers there's a scene where like he's channeling the lightning through himself and it looks like he has both eyes but at that point in the movie he's already he's lost the one. Uh oh. they also like before Ragnarok came out they they did a Infinity War thing um where he did like a photo shoot in costume and everything but with both eyes. Hmm. So it's something like it's kind of cool that Marvel's like, "Hey, we showed you some of it. We didn't show you all of it. Mm-hmm. We want you to be surprised." Yeah. Uh something that they didn't show us though was the actual footage that they had released at what was it comic-con or d23 i can't remember yeah i think it was d23 i think they showed it off at both of them actually but yeah i'm surprised they never put any of that out which i mean yeah of course they did say it was exclusive footage to those conventions but man it would have been nice to see some of the stuff because they showed footage there that wasn't actually in the in the trailers well this is the first of seven trailers that's going to come out and 400 yeah, TV spots. 20 different teasers for those trailers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least we didn't get a teaser for the trailer. This just dropped. There was no like weird website that you went to that had a countdown clock that had a weird shadowy image. Well, also, a um, few days before it was going to be released, it was leaked online. Oh, okay. Um, and then they... Uh, did we leak it? We did not. Oh, we did not. We got to get on top of our game, guys. We got to start leaking stuff. I know. Uh, Especially uh, on April 1st. We should just leak everything on April 1st. Right? Get ready. <laughs> April 1st, I'm too busy handing out uh, KPS, so I won't be doing it. But uh, yeah, I it just made me more psyched for this. I haven't been let down by uh, a Marvel movie um, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of our upcoming episodes when we talk about Iron Man 2 retrospective I think that was maybe the first and one of the only times I was really let down by a movie uh, but we'll talk about that at another time um, but no I, I'm i psyched um, does it bother anybody that Thanos isn't wearing the <laughs> Thanos garb and armor he doesn't even need no. it yeah he doesn't he's got the, he's got the uh, gauntlet and he's got two of the gems by the, by the mid trailer, and he smacks Iron Man right down. Uh, that's what the Russo brothers said. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, once he gets the uh, one of the gems, he doesn't need any armor, mm-hmm. and he knows this. Yeah, he's a mad titan. Um, but I know a lot of people were complaining about that. Oh, really? Too. The Russo brothers said that. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Like, why? Um, no, it, it's he's a badass. He doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah. And they said it was like a symbolic journey for Thanos to get the stones and everything. 
So he would to do it without armor on and, and take it. It's his hero's journey. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> We're on a villain's quest. Uh, but, yeah. So I'm excited for it. Going I'm get... going through the trail. I'm trying to find the collector, and I haven't seen him yet. Mm. We're on a secret mission. We're on a secret plot. We're going to grab those Infinity Stones. And wear armor? Way? Why not? That was me filling up time. That was filling up time. That was some, that was some yeah. gallivanting. Uh, that was, something yeah. that Chris doesn't want to know that I forgot and I shared with the group is that uh, kept, uh, the the Captain Marvel movie that we're going to be getting starring, starring Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, we're going to have Jude Law. Starring as, as Brie Larson? As, as Captain Marvel <laughs> as well in the movie, which is, uh, I think, good casting. Um, the person who passed on this, that Jude Law didn't pass, Keanu Reeves. I like Whoa. I like Jude Law way better than Keanu Reeves in that role. And I like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, but this would have been a great sad Keanu because it would. I'm, I'm assuming it's all going to be flashbacks to when that Captain Marvel was alive and this Captain Marvel like trying to fill those shoes or those space boots. This is some big space boots. Yeah, they got the space boots on. So he's wait, I'm so confused with um, uh, I'm a comic book fan, I've been reading comics for a while, but I'm still confused between Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, and the relationship to Binary, aka Captain Marvel. Yeah, I don't know any of the answers to that. Yeah, because there's the Cree guy. Yeah, that was yeah, all Cree, and that's Marvel. And how is he related to Captain Marvel? I thought they were the yeah. same. What? I thought they were the same. Well, he is like the Captain Marvel of, of like the Kree, but then through whatever happenstance that gets him to land on Earth, his power is transferred over to Captain Marvel, who's okay. uh, what's what's her name? I'm yeah. blanking out on her. Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, like in the 70s or 80s, she became binary because they. Sp- Switch character names and stuff around. I don't know. It's who's the one? Thing. Who's the one with the Naga bands? The Those Naga bands. The Naga bands. Yeah. He was the crazy one too, right? Wasn't he even the one that was all like his skin was all like stars and he had the short hair? Yeah, yeah that's the. Uh, that's the Cree. Cree one. That's the Cree one. Which one gets cancer, dies, and comes back to life, but not really? It was a scroll the whole time. That's the human one. That would be. Carol Danvers, maybe? I'm not sure. Not Carol Danvers. No, the de- dude. Jude Law's character. Well, who I'm assuming Jude Law is playing. But he could be playing the Cree dude, right? Like, we don't know. We don't know. You're you're just... I'm just trying to throw some out. crazy out there. Because that's what happens when you get into the Marvel cosmic. That's, yeah, that's what... why none of us ever really got into it. <laughs> but yeah, I, went, I went through the whole Infinity War trailer and saw no mention of the Collector. Uh, I just... I, I even... I searched for Collector in the Infinity War trailer, and there's, like, nothing coming up. Uh, I just shared a link with an article about it. All right. Okay. And how it was shown. See, I'm he- over here filling time with all my Marvel, Marvel stuff. Well, that's okay. Uh, let's move on to something else coming out that we might be excited for. Uh, with the live-action Titan show uh, oh. coming out the end of this year. Or... This is on Netflix? When this is coming out. Where, where's this coming out? No, this is going to be the one that's on, like... What, t- like TBS or something? TNT? TNT. So they know drama. It's one of those, one of those uh, cable networks. But we got our first look at actor Brenton Thwaites in the uh, the Robin costume. 
He's going to be playing Dick Grayson, but the costume is very Tim Drake. It's got the the spiky R on the side. Capes black with the yellow interior. Just a great-looking costume. It does look really good. Yeah. Um, initial reports were going to be like, oh, he's going to be playing Nightwing. It's going to be the Nightwing version of Dick Grayson. But who knows? Maybe they're going to be starting off kind of with Nightwing's origin with him as Robin and then move forward past that. Who knows? But, yeah, it's a good-looking good looking costume. All right. Is the first season going to be the lead up to the Judas contract, and then, like, because that's the we don't, we don't know, Paul. We okay. don't know. Because that's the most famous storyline, right? Like, that's the one that you'd want to kick off with, with the with the turn by the end of Terra. Um. So, uh, it it also sorry, it's going to be a um a digital first TV series for Warner Brothers, and it has uh it will scheduled to premiere on DC's yet to be launched. Um, proprietary streaming service in 2018. Another one? Another one. Walled Gardens, coming your way. (laughs) I don't know what that means. It's Walled Gardens, where you have to pay to get into each one. You can't can't just walk around the whole park. you got to pay to get into each one. I got you. Reading you loud and clear. Good. I'm excited now. Now that I hear that it's digital first and proprietary, like I'm a lot less interested. It sounds like a cool show, but man, I don't want to pay for another service. Okay. No, uh, John. the The article that you shared is footage from a leaked clip, ah. and it focuses on Zoe Saldana because you don't see her at all in the trailer until the very end. And it looks like at one point she's in, like the, the collectors. collectors museum and then there is like someone that looks like tobias that like you can see it but yeah that's not actually in the trailer why why are you lying to us john read the article and i just assumed say you <laughs> didn't even read... i didn't read it all you didn't even read the article though i read half of it i read half of it i read it while i was putting the dog out the dog came back in and i stopped reading it you didn't even scroll down to look at the picture i did too it's a guy you would know that that picture is not in the uh, the trailer. John has only seen the trailer once. Let me watch it twice. Okay, you've seen it twice. I tried to put. I put Anyways. it on for my dad, and my dad's like, "It looks so good. I don't know what's going on, but it looks so good." I'm like, <laughs> "Have you seen Homecoming yet, Dad?" No. I got the DVD. Grab it out of the. Grab it out of the cabinet. Great. It was good. I wouldn't have put it up in my top five. I know you guys are over the moon with it, but I thought it was a little slow in parts. Oh, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. Homecoming. But, uh, what else? What other news do we like a lot? Anything? I don't think we had anything. Uh, the only other thing I really had was the uh, news about the Riverdale spinoff show, Ooh. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, being picked up for two seasons. Uh, not on the CW, where Riverdale's made a big splash, but instead over on Netflix. Hmm. Uh, so this will not be a co-production between the WB and the uh, CBS, since the CW won't be involved in it at all. But... It's yeah. kind of crazy. It looks like we might be getting a more mature version of Sabrina, kind of like we got a more mature version of Riverdale, but I hope they make it extra spooky. I've only seen... going with the, the chilling adventures. I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this is going to be like kind of what I want it to be. <laughs> you kind of hope that it's that uh weird Neil Gaiman uh the dreams yeah, I, I, like I didn't mind that book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was I going to say? I only watched the first episode of uh Riverdale. And then I'm like, okay, well, it's definitely a different take. It's like, who killed uh, Cherry Blossom's brother? 
So it was like a weird Twins Peaks slash 90210 kind of like thing going on in it. And uh, I don't, I didn't know what to think about it. Kate watched more of it, and she's like, it doesn't get any better, but it doesn't get any worse. But it doesn't keep me, in, she didn't keep her interested at all, so. But Josie and the Pussycats is in it quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like a main character in Riverdale, Josie. Interesting. That's kind of cool. What else is cool? Comic books coming out December 6th, 2017. I had to let John do it. (laughs) Uh, This is another slow week for me. The only books coming out are the typical books that I read, like Green Lanterns and Nightwing. So I just picked Nightwing number 34 just because I have to have a book to talk about. Even though I haven't kept up on my books recently, I've been kind of letting things lapse. And then I go back and I've just been buying full story arcs. Because uh, at that time, like usually I can get half the books for a little bit cheaper. And, you know, why not save a dollar? Uh, I just haven't had time to read stuff, too. So I've been a terrible comic book fan. But, yeah. Knowing number 34, the final part of the Raptor's Revenge arc, which I haven't read any of yet because I still need to read Blockbuster and then the arc that came out after that. I really like Blockbuster. He that was a, run. He was a good villain for Nightwing. That that was a huge run for him, too, during that block, that original yeah. Blockbuster run. Like I remember you lending it to me when I was, uh, I was taking summer classes and I would just, like in between work and the summer class, you let me like a whole stack of those Nightwing books, Chris, and that's yeah. like when I, like, okay, yeah, that's Nightwing. When you, yeah, that's great. when I became a Nightwing fan too. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it was a solid arc. And I'm like, Tarantula's cool. Where's Tarantula? Tarantula should be in a lot more. Never shows up again in anything decent. <laughs> no. Sometimes thought... it's just those people. Those people have the right, mm-hmm. the right idea and the right use for those characters. She was Nightwing's Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. I liked her as a boy. No, I, I like everything that Devin Grayson did over on that book. Like, that's really when I... Because I always liked Nightwing, you know, growing up and as a teenager. But then when we got back into books, that's when I was, like, aggressively reading, like, mm-hmm. everything that I wanted to check out. And Nightwing really made an impact. Like, it's one of those books that I still, you know, pick up and enjoy today, even if it's not super regularly. No, I agree. Uh, you know, it is a light week for me as well, but I am spending $10 so, you know, that must mean I'm picking up at least two, maybe even three books. But no, I'm picking up one. <laughs> and that is DC Universe Presents DC Holiday Special. I forget the title. What's, uh, no, what? DC Universe Holiday Special 2017. Oh, 2017, one. number one. Uh, and this actually has a... It's not all written by the same guy. At least that's what it says in the previews. So I'm hoping it's a more fun, lighthearted assembly of heroes instead of the... Everybody's awful from the crazy Halloween special we just read. Uh, Greg Rucka, Tom King, John. Tom King's writing an issue, so get ready to get to press, Paul. Jeff Lemire, Mike Landis. Hey, he can be fun. Uh, And um, so... Uh, Denny O'Neill returning to do a Detective Comics uh, Batman story. That'll be fun. Sergeant Rock fights the Nazis on Hanukkah. That's cool. Teen Titans take on the literal ghosts of Christmas past. All right. And uh, the Swamp Thing goes through a uh, 20-something midlife crisis because he's uh, facing off ex- against uh, the creepy feeling of existential existential dread. 
which mm. is something that you constantly face from the year 27 until on, I guess. Uh, I, I bet that's written by Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, did a Swamp Thing run, I think. Uh, no, he's going to be doing a Swamp Thing run. Oh. He did a really good issue with uh, Swamp Thing and Batman, mm. trying to find Tom Holland's, not Tom Holland's, but Alec Holland. Alex, uh, the murderer of his father. Hmm. Um, so it was really interesting. It was really good. I recommended both of you guys to read it, and uh, neither one of you yeah, have paid. I haven't checked that yet. You well, paid hey, Greg, no mind. Greg Rucka is doing a story in this, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it could be really good. It could be really depressing. Um, we'll see. I, I feel better about this one than I did the, the Halloween one, though. I didn't hate the halloween one but i didn't love it 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 was justice league for me mm-hmm. it was justice league but all the stories were a little too same samey like I, I i would agree like i, I kind of like uh you know i think the problem with that book was uh keith giffen i think keith giffen really wanted to do it mm-hmm. and then he just came up with the ideas and gave them to other writers where they should have given the writers the opportunity to create their own story versus mm-hmm. like hey this Go to it, boys! Yeah, it seemed kind of rushed. But uh, hopefully this is better. Uh, And there are a couple books that I will be picking up, but I'm actually going to be going back a couple months and picking up Iron Fist, uh, number 73. This is with the new numbering. And this is uh, Old Wounds and Bad Blood. Um, So Sabretooth first appeared in Marvel Comics with Iron Fist number 14. And this is Danny and um, uh, Victor Creed uh, teaming back up together. They don't want to fight by each other's side, but uh, the two are going to have to work together. And um, it was because of this month's release of 75 that I was like, oh, man, how did I miss this? I'm going to go back and check this out. And that's what I'm going to do. Comic books. Comic books. And now, a dramatic reading of Moon Knight, number 88, page 27, panel 4. He became... And that was a dramatic reading of Moon Knight, number 88, page 27, panel 4. That was dramatic. And what is dramatic is this name of this beer. Chris had to tell us what it was in reference to. and I just don't know why you guys didn't get it. This is Voodoo Brewery's Pork Chop Sandwiches. Uh, on the top of the beer, it says, My God, did that smell good. Oh, shit. Get the burp out of here. Burp. We're such stupid idiots. And this is an IPA. And does it actually say anything about this beer? American nope. IPA. Just American style IPA. Uh, don't only scumbags don't recycle. That's what it says on the can, and uh, it's six point three percent alcohol by volume, and it does not. Thankfully, it does not smell like a GI Joe burning down a house, nor does it taste like a pork chop sandwich. Uh, and see, this is where the problem came, Chris, is because Paul was like, "Oh, I don't want to buy this beer. It's called pork chop sandwiches," and I was like, "Well, you should buy it." we've been really enjoying everything we've been having from Voodoo Brewery. And he's like, uh, no. And I said, are you thinking of fire in the <laughs> yes, ham? I am. And he's like, yeah, I don't want it to taste like ham. And I was like, I don't think it'll taste like ham. That was just that one time we got that beer that tasted like awful. ham. 
It haunts me to this day, much like that pizza beer. Oh, the pizza beer was bad. Oh, that pizza beer was terrible, though. Oh, God. But we knew that going in, and it was on sale for, like, what? It was like $1.99 or something? It was like $1.99, buy one, get one free. And also, my sink smelled like that beer for, like, two weeks after <laughs> we was drain poured it. It was awful. Good. Uh, Citra and Mosaic Hops is all they got listed on IMDb about this beer. Um, you know the creature that shows up in Mystic U later on? That's what came out of my drain, and it smelled like fire in the ham plus that pizza garlic. beer. <laughs> it was awful. And basil. Garlic and basil beer. It was not good. But this beer is actually oh, this, really yeah. good. Oh, Voodoo Brewery. Um, Pork soup chop sandwiches. I, I say it's it's like Lake Erie Monster. It's, it's a multi it's, American uh, IPA. I have, I have been having a real problem with regular IPAs since I've really gotten into the New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. And this stands up. This says, hey, no, drink me. Um, really nice tropicaliness to it. Smooth, easy drinking, very flavor forward on it. Really, really good. And, um, again, we talked about the can before. Paul read what was on top, but it is like the 1980s cartoony fire with a pork chop uh, in a frying pan. It's like the 1980s. Which totally of, like, references what? the G.I. Joe PSA. 1980s, like... Um... Like the board game Skull Mountain Skullfire, like the Wizard's Duel on Mount Skull Saint Skullfire or whatever that is, like van, like nineties, eighties, like painted side of a van, uh, Um, but really good. Um, We really need to continue to make more trips down to Voodoo Brewery, and I say that mean, and you are the one who has been there the most. Hey, they keep paying me to go down to Erie. I'll keep on being like. Oh, I finished up. Voodoo's open. Before I go home, I'm taking a lunch. Right. All right uh, so uh, when we took our pause, uh, we had just some chit-chat. It was offered if I wanted any beer that you guys would bring it down here when you come down in January. Uh, bring something from Voodoo. Okay. I can do. Not necessarily like this, but you know, something else that they might have for their yeah. limited release. We can always try to jump down yeah, bef- a week or two cool. before we go. They always do. We have a month to plan. I was going to try to bring um, Woodcock Brothers, uh, Woodcock Brothers XPA, which will be released right before Christmas. I was going to bring that down for you. Um, so we got some, we got some stuff. Paul's got to pee again. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, let's just get in. Paul's uh, Paul's probably gonna hate uh, Captain America. Well, I know I like Captain America. All right, hurry up and go. <laughs> we'll Try to kill some time. Uh, so just take a pause. <laughs> I don't want to take another pause. And uh, we're gonna start off our November look back with the first book that I bought in November, uh, and that was Captain America number six ninety five. Home of the Brave, Part 1. And this is Mark Wade and Chris Somney writing Captain America, bringing them back to the basics after his roots. roots. After the big... um, Secret Empire. Secret Empire, which was uh, very interesting. I kept tabs on but didn't read and kind of liked what was going like on. Like the news article about uh, Bluth being in the... Yeah, I keep tabs on it. I don't read it. <laughs> well, yeah. I got all the time in the world? I don't think so. Uh, but I did have time to read this. I actually read this... If issue. only I was frozen in ice and <laughs> able to read comic books. I could 
I read this book while my wife was uh, getting her back cracked at the chiropractors and was mad that I was like, I want to stay in the car and read this book. Uh, but this is Captain America uh, traveling across the country, um, having a flashback to a city that he saved um, when he was first unfrozen from ice, mm-hmm. and then traveling back years later where the town is having its annual Captain America celebration. The town actually renamed itself, like Captain America, uh, Minnesota or Illinois, Kansas, Nebraska, Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh yeah, ooh, even more middle middle of the country. So middle America. So middle America. They, they they're fed corn. They grow up on corn. They love corn. Uh, Nebraska, corn huskers. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, corn huskers. <laughs> they got a little notch out of their state. But they have their their annual uh, Captain America celebration where people are selling Captain America items. Um, Captain America frisbees are tossed around. People are dressed. Captain up. America costume contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are like, "Hey, man, you got a great uh, Steve Rogers look going on," and he's like, "Thank you." <laughs> Um, but it's... when Captain America goes incognito, just goes as himself. <laughs> <laughs> There's no matches Malone uh, in his repertoire. But they're having a, a celebration where people actually go up on stage and tell their stories of from all over the yeah. country where Captain America has saved them. And then the people that he fought in the beginning, the rampart, the rampart, they show up and they're gonna take this city down a peg or two. But what's that? Who's in the audience? Captain America. He was there on purpose. He had some intel. To uh, to save this town yet again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, that's the book. And it ends with this whole, like, you know, a little sappy, but I, I, I thought it worked well. Uh, no, you didn't need me to inspire you. You already knew what was right. Like, look at that person there. He ran over to help that kid get out of the rubble. That guy, a guy threw himself in front of, you know, the uh, he, ran into the laser fire. Yeah, to save somebody. Because you know the first rule. And the first rule is strong, take care of this weak. Yeah. All right, what's the first rule? What the, uh, he, he yeah, has no, pulled it's up. It's like the, the stronger protect like those like weaker than them. Like, the strong, he says it exactly. But. The yeah. strong protect the weak. Never forget that. Yeah. And then somebody's like, that's the rule. That's the first rule because it's the little girl. Yep. That just jumped in at the very beginning of the story, uh, jumped in front of Captain America's shield, and he's like, no, remember the first rule. I'm stronger than you. I take care of you. You take care of the little kid. That's how it works. Uh, but since I read this book, the uh, the one splash page of Captain America, like, jumping up with the shield, knocking all the villains over, mm-hmm. that's been my wallpaper on my phone. Like, I was just like, yep, copy that. Boom. Awesome. And, uh... This is a bright spot. This is just a bright, good, happy book. This is what I want to be reading right now. Uh, it's it's Mark Wade and uh-huh. the it's, art looks. Yeah, it's Mark Wade and Chris Samney. This is they did for Captain America what they did for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but when Chris Samney, Mark Wade, Daredevil came out like years ago, we became a Daredevil podcast <laughs> for a while. Like, yeah, and I, I think this is fantastic. Like I, I really dug this book because it did for Captain America what they did to Daredevil for me. They took a character that I liked and I considered myself a fan of, but I wasn't actively invested in 
but they made me be like, yes, I, I want to read this book. I want to see more of this. And I think they're going to do this where they start off slow with those like one off quick. Hey, here's an issue. You get a full story. Here's an issue. You get a full story. And then it's going to kind of balloon into something bigger that ties everything back together. And yeah, I'm on board. I'm excited for it, and I'm hoping. Uh, the one thing I did notice about Chris Omnisart here is, unlike in Daredevil, I didn't notice any panel that was all in shadow, like all just the black silhouettes, which is a Chris Omni thing to do quite often. Uh, maybe it's just a speed thing, or maybe it's him setting the mood. This happens in the middle of broad daylight. Everything happens in broad well, daylight. Well, I think, too, yeah, that is, is a Daredevil happens. trait where things would be in the dark for a blind guy. Right. But even back with <clears throat> other books, like uh, the Mighty, number, uh, what it was, Alpha One, I think that was called the Mighty, in a bunch of other books that I've read from Chris Omni, he, do, he will do those silhouette kind of panels. But this, I didn't notice it. Maybe it did happen. No, not no, really. I, it, it didn't, and I don't think that's so much an artist trait as much as it is an artist telling a story trait, because mm. at no point in this story would that feel like it fit in, or did it need to happen? Uh, right. And one of the things that I really was happy about, this Captain America has no doubts about what he's doing. He has that one rule. He's going to follow it. He's, you know, and that's, he's going to do good. And this, the, he's not self-doubting. He's like, oh, that other Steve Rogers that was displaced from time or I'm displaced from time from Secret Empire. It, he's no longer, he's not like, oh, I need to make up for the sins of that other dude. He's like, no, I'm Captain America. I'm Steve Rogers. I'm going to go out, do what I do, because that's who I am. Uh, yeah, I, I like. the the book works. It's beautiful looking. Chris Omni's art on this. Um, I didn't realize that they were going to be on this book, um, except for like right before the book, um, a solicitation came out. An issue like their issue three has Captain America's head on a plaque with Craven the Hunter. And it looks so good because it's Chris. I do. Uh, it's Chris. It's Chris Omni art, and I was like, "Oh shit, that looks good." And then Chris, I, how much does a Craven the Hunter cosplay costume cost? Maybe we should chip in and get it for Chris. Get it for John. I would never. I never wear it, but if you got a, like a panel of uh, Craven the Hunter like blowing his head off after he thought he killed Spider Man, I'd hang that on the wall. What? So dark. Uh, that's fun. It's from like his the Craven's last hunt. Hey, kids, come into the cool, fun comic book room. Look at that panel. Are you right kidding? There. I was probably like, like f- five to eight when I read that issue, and I was like, I don't think my dad knows what I'm reading up here. But I, man, I always loved that. I love Craven the Hunter for some reason. Hit it under your mattress with your Sports Illustrated. My sports Illustrated. Wow. Swimsuit edition. <laughs> Because otherwise, like, what are you growling at? Uh, but a great, uh, a, oh, great a, <laughs> a great, uh, a great issue, great start to the month of November. I, I don't want to keep comparing this to their Daredevil run, but it it's so easy to do because they hit a lot of the same notes where it's that take that character back to basics. If you have just a bare bones reference of who Captain America or Daredevil is, you can pass this issue off to someone and be like, oh, no, you want to know more about Captain America based off what you've seen in the movies or like the Netflix Daredevil show. Like, here here you go. Like, read this. It's it's true to the character. But again, it's so much 
lighter and brighter than those depictions of it that there's a hope to both of these characters, Daredevil or uh, Captain America, it, it hooks you in. Like, this is this is like classic comic books done in a contemporary style that works so well. I, I'm glad to have read this book and now just be champing at the bit for more Captain America. Me too. I thought it was great. Everything. The, I mean, the first page, yeah. just with Somni's art, I'm- love it. That first page, too, where you have, like, the, the skinny, like, Steve Rogers wanted to fight Nazis. He became Captain America and did. It looks like Chris Evans. It's, yeah. like, a caricature version, but if you look at that quick, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it seems like they used him as the template, but it's not, like, 100%, like, Greg Land lightbox version of him. But mm-hmm. you, you can see it in there. If yeah. Pe- if pe- fans of the movies, if they came to this book... You kind of have to do a little bit of hand waving to be like, yeah, don't worry about that secret empire stuff. Like it's mentioned, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And it's, I don't think you lose anything in this book <clears throat> by doing that hand waving and getting over it. Like because everybody's there being celebrating who Captain America has been for everybody. Like yeah, yeah. secret empire happened. It's mentioned, but it doesn't really impact this story. No. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't I, impact I, those people of that town. They're still having their Captain America celebration. Oh, because they they mentioned, oh, that was that imposter. People were people were giving Cap crap about uh, not showing up sooner and letting get get as bad. But man, he must have been in a trap or something because we know Cap wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, something I want to note quick too. This is definitely something different from Marvel too, where they're now launching this as the number one. Something that I alluded to. Uh, in the introduction for this episode where this is number 695 but it's part of the uh, home of the brave number one this is branded with the marvel legacy banner up at the top and i think this is something that marvel's doing now where they're taking everything back to that classic numbering to show hey no like we know and appreciate where our books came from here we go it's a brand new captain america but in the scope of things we're still telling that same captain america story i think also and we... then oh go i'm sorry chris go oh ahead. sorry yeah at the back end of it, they have just like a quick two or three page like, hey, here's Captain America's origin. This is who he is. This is him at the basics. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. If we didn't already have that, though, and the first like three panels of this book by Chris Samney, it seems redundant. But I kind of like that they're doing that. And when I saw that, at first I thought it was uh, Stuart Eminent artwork. And as I kept going through it, I was like, yeah, this has to be Eminent. It, it looks like him. Uh, it's not. It's Valerio Shidi, uh, written by Robbie Thompson. I like that they're paying homage to what came before, though, and they're having that refocusing. Yeah. Uh, what I like, I think this actually comes a little bit from the retail meeting. I think we talked about it on the show before, where uh, Marvel Comics sales were dropping each each month each quarter and the retailers came back to Marvel during their big like press conference with the retailers. And I don't know what that beeping is, John. I, it's um, with my that's computer. your laptop. Top. It's yeah, not mine. A lot of beeps. You, you, that's you producer. John. Come on. Uh, but they, they came back and said, Hey, number ones aren't selling as well. And in fact, people are dropping off at number one, it seems versus 
just well, staying. Marvel was also charging like an extra dollar, dollar yeah, for so, a number one. So I, I think this is kind of in response to that. Maybe it's them. Maybe it is. Yes, we have that heritage and it's great. But I think also it might be just being like, hey, we're listening to retailers. You don't like the number ones? Then let's give them. Let's keep the old numbering, but maybe give a banner. But I appreciate that because as as a comic book reader and fan, I I do the same thing though. If I see something's coming out with a new number one, and I've been on that book for a while, I might use that as a jumping off point because I'm like, oh, okay, well, if they're relaunching it, they're restructuring everything. I might read it for the show because you know this is this is what we do. Like we will pick up books that are number ones to read because hey, you know what? It's a new creative team. It's a fresh like relaunch for it. A lot of times, if it's a book that I'm reading and I'm like just reading it because I read it and then I might enjoy it, but if they're coming out with a new number one, that might mean I'm not going to like where this is this is going after this number one. I I, I cut it. That's what happened with me and Daredevil. As soon as they relaunched Daredevil with a new number one. And he was in San Francisco? Yeah, I, I, I did not read any more of that. And then a couple months later, they relaunched Daredevil with a new number one. And it was at that point, it was by Charles Soule. And I think we read number one. And Rude. I was like, eh, yeah, I, I feel like I haven't missed out because I haven't been reading Daredevil. Yeah, he was training some kid. He was training a kid that was working for the people that he was trying to hunt. And he was working for the... The DA in his office was in a elevator. Okay. I, I didn't remember the office being in the elevator, but yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. But talking about uh, uh, the jumping on. The Marvel Legacy, uh, I picked up Doctor Strange 381. And the main reason. Oh, boy. The main reason is Loki, Sorcerer Supreme, Part 1. Uh oh. Is it over in the what I'm loving about these is the left hand side. There's the old school '90s uh, character portrait. Who's in there? Yeah, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Who's who's not in this issue? <laughs> Until the very end. Doctor Strange. Doctor Doolittle. Uh, oh. Which, that was a good joke. No, that, that was, was a, yeah, that was a good joke. With the dog, but you wouldn't asking the question <laughs> that made the joke. Uh, well, plus he didn't realize that that's what he was doing. He's, he didn't know he was a veterinary until that joke. Well, plus I didn't, well, we didn't realize that at some point over the last couple of months that Loki had been named the Sorcerer Supreme and Dr. Stephen Strange had retired this, from, from magic. I think that happened in the last the last issue, and then this is the, the first focal point of that actually happening. Yeah. Um, we, the last time we wa- read... Doctor Strange was Doctor Strange being like uh, a girl coming to him with some sort of weird demonic parasite and him doing all this magic and then go, him going to the bar and being like, yeah, everything's great. And then the old coot that says, hey, kids, don't go up to the cabin in the woods. Uh, you're going to die. Also then says, hey, there's a price to magic. You guys got to what, what are you guys doing to counterbalance all this stuff you're doing? And they're like, yeah, those are the old rules. Apparently the old rules still applied, like during that whole series, and we we read a couple issues, more issues. I read a I read a lot of Jason's Aaron, mm-hmm. Jason Aaron's um, book of that. Yeah. Um, and then I just got to a point where I was like, I'm just gonna pick it up in trades, and I haven't yet. So I think it'll be interesting because this is definitely 
the end point of that first issue. Of well, Jason Aaron dropped off that series, and other people picked up oh. and finished it. Um, now I'm less interested. Did this book get you interested a little bit? Because uh, uh, I, I would, I would say no. And this is from uh, Donny Cates with art by Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Well, if you say no, Chris, you introduce this book. Okay, because uh, as someone who hasn't kept up on Doctor Strange, you know, to my to my fault, like that's mm-hmm. all on me. Uh, we're jumping into this with Loki, the Asgardian trickster god, as the new Sorcerer Supreme. But for some reason, he still has Doctor Strange's apprentice, the girl who came to him at the beginning of the Jason Aaron arc, like a year and a half ago, that kind of made us be like, wow, like Doctor Strange, let's let's check this out. We didn't. John did. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically Loki meeting at the bar with no doors with Scarlet Witch and some other Marvel magic folk that... I don't recognize. I, yeah, I don't I don't recognize. Even though they named them at a couple points, like I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't I don't know you, I don't care. Yeah. Beard uh, dude. It, it's Loki just basically complaining about the job. Mm-hmm. I'm liking that and, so and, far. But the, there's not enough to it that made me really want to continue on. I like uh Zelma, like the apprentice who's kind of like, Oh no, I'm kind of minding the day to day stuff while Loki's being Sorcerer Supreme. Well, I, I, I like that, but there, there wasn't enough here to make me really want to continue reading, especially because it's the first half Loki trickster god. Then the last half, it's the Young Avengers Loki sending text messages to people. See what I what I what I liked about this was like Loki in that bar talking to those people. He's he's like, hey, there isn't a price. I'm an Asgardian. Like I can take those prices. Like it hits me. It's supposed to kill my liver, but it hurt my liver, but I'm, I'm an Asgardian. I'm an Asgardian. It didn't hurt me. So, Hey, when you guys have to do, when you have to pay that price, send it my way. I'll take the hit. It's not going to hurt me. It's him trying to win friends and influence with people, but he's, Horrible he's at horrible it. at it, and people don't trust him. People don't like him because he's being upfront about what he wants, and nobody will trust that from the trickster god. Exactly, and that's what I really liked about this. And even when like Thor came and is like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm Sorcerer Supreme," and he's like, "What's your game?" And then he's like, "Just take just take me back to Asgard." Like he kind of like has this like give up like nobody trusts me, nobody wants me to do this. It's really hard. Fine, I'll give up. And I, I liked that about this. Like, I don't want to read an ongoing series, but obviously this is part one. Mm-hmm. And you know Stephen Strange is going to come back. Yep. But I'm I'm in for this story arc of Loki as the Sorcerer Supreme. Because here we are. We're, at, we're on the train where Loki doesn't want to be Sorcerer Supreme. We're on the other train where Stephen Strange says, I failed at it. I don't deserve it anymore. They're obviously on a collision course, and I'm I'm excited to see how those two train rails, you know, are tied together and where they will intersect and eventually crash. And that I think that crash will be a glorious, beautiful disaster <laughs> that I want to see. Uh, yeah, I because I'm he's actually gonna take on too much Loki, and Stephen has to then step up and be like, "All right, I understand the price of magic now. 
I'm the only one that really does because I paid the ultimate price by stepping down and trying to live the Modane, but I, this is not me anymore. Because he even says, like, I became Sorcerer Supreme so I could get my hands back and I could help people. I'm doing that now. But he will eventually realize that he really isn't because he's helping dogs. Yeah, he's uh, he's a veterinarian. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's it's just... I think the starting points, I can see where it's going to go to, and I'm excited for that journey and that eventual collision. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually, I I thought Chris would like this and you would hate this. And it's it's the opposite. You like just it and Chris hates yeah. it. Well, I, I wouldn't say I hate it. I just don't necessarily care about it. I'm, I'm interested enough if somebody else were to keep on reading it, I'd be like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll read all of them all in one sitting. Or like John was saying with the Jason Aaron in trade, I think there's a it's a lot of trade bait right now going on, and this is I think trade bait. Um, I'd be definitely interested in reading it in the trade. Chris, not even in the trade, or if it was something that was brought to the table that I had to read, I would, and you know I might come out on the other end having changed my thoughts or feelings about it. But as it stands right now, no, like I. After reading this issue, I don't feel the need to go back to read Doctor Strange again until there's a new number one or number four hundred, whatever mm-hmm. they decide to. Whenever to come out with it, it's like all fresh, all new. I Whenever know that's kind of going against what I said before, but I, this it didn't resonate with me. Even the last couple pages, where I was like, "Oh no, he's acting as a veterinary doctor now." Like, yeah, okay he's still around he's still going to come back to the role like we might get like four or five issues of this but at the end of it like i don't feel the need to see dr strange or not. if uh if you recognize those characters in the bar at all would you have felt any different no no okay no it's it's still just i loki's the sorcerer supreme i know that's not gonna last dr strange he's gonna come back so it's none of this matters in the very long run Therefore, no, I, I, I think I like Loki as the foil to the main character or just to go back to Young Avengers where he's part of the team, but still just like working towards his own ends in the background. But it, it, it's not venomously. It's not him being like, oh, no, I, I want to ruin all your shit. It's just him being like, no, like, I don't know any other way. Even in this, you have that moment where he's talking to Thor where he's like, no, I, I want to help people mm-hmm. like that's. Doctor Strange couldn't do this role anymore. Someone had to step up. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's, it didn't work for me, though. I don't oh, know. Wow. That moment. Yeah, I think that's the key moment. I think if that moment doesn't hit for you, you're not going to like this book when I want to be on it. I think that's the crux. If you can believe that Loki is sincere in that moment, that like <laughs> that's the one moment of truth he has in him, then then you'd be good. All right. What was our next book? What? Do we, uh, do we want to keep on the magic? You talk about Mystic. Oh, that's, yeah, that's over at DC. Are we done with the Marvel books then? Yeah, we only have the two. Oh, Captain okay. America and Doctor Strange. There's three DC books. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, let's get you over read them all, right? I did, but I'm <laughs> trying to remember the third DC book. Which was the third? Uh, the Demon. Oh, the Demon. Oh, because they're blending together, the Mystic You and the Demon. Okay. Yeah, there's a well, Paul, since you didn't seem to like this book, you introduce oh, it. Oh, God. 
damn this book. All right, Mystic You, book one, written by Alyssa Kuwit. You can Whitby. zoom in to read that. And if you need artist to. Mike Norton. Hey, Mike Norton. Yeah. I like. I like the Mike Norton's okay on art. I liked him on here. Uh, this basically follows a bunch of the Mystic characters, mostly Zata- uh, Santana, uh, working with Doc uh, Mister E. No, uh, what's yeah? He's probably like the the administration. Doctor uh, Psychic. Doctor Psychic is the other main character. Uh, Mister E shows up throughout a bunch of these Mystic characters. I'm not really that attuned with or into. Well, there's Enchantress, mm-hmm. who you may know from the 2016 something of a hit award Emmy award winning uh, Suicide Squad. Emmy uh, award winning for costume, uh, but also uh, Sargon the Sorcerer, mm-hmm. the child of uh, Felix Faust. Because that, that was that a character a monster. <laughs> yep. uh, and what happens is right now in the present, there's there's a mal- malvolence, mal- maleficent, malevolence, malevolence. malevolence. That comes through and is wiping out basically the entire mystic world. And their only one shot is to rewrite time and basically send all of these mystic characters to a prep school. Back in the past where... Seven years before it all happens. Before Zatanna is really gifted with her powers and is who we know her to be, back when her power... She's just getting her powers. Yep. But it feels like... Um, Dr. Psychic or Rose mm-hmm. went, knows all of this. went farther back to create this prep school mm-hmm. to then have Zatanna go to this school. She uh, knows what the outcome. She knows what's coming. And she's trying she's the only one. to prepare these people, but also find out who the mystery of malevolence. who malevolence is. Um, and then, um, and I mean, that's, that's the main plot. And it, then it's Zatanna going to this school. The Harry Potterification of the Mar- of the DC <laughs> Mystic uh, Mystic Universe, and it's my pro- this this whole thing, it, it it like nails right on its head the problem I have with DC right now, where it's like they they're afraid that none of their characters are cool enough, and they just need to latch onto anything else to try to make their characters cooler instead of letting their characters be who they are. So they're like, oh, let's. Okay, well, we got these magic people. What other magic things do people like? Oh, Harry Potter. So let's put them in a prep school, kind of like Harry Potter, and do that. Just, no. Just let them be who they are. Your characters are cool, DC. Just let them be. Like, don't shoehorn all the stupid shit on top of them. But that was the thing, like, that's kind of what was the hook for me on this, because this was originally one of my picks for the list and then also to bring to the table for the look back because it's the DC mystic characters going back to school and like uh, Harry Potter or if you want to flip it to the Marvel side of things like a a Wolverine and the X-Men kind of like hey no here's all these wacky characters that you know going to school again and this was like an oversized issue too because at the point where I felt like this should be ended by now there were still like ten pages left. Um, it was so, an expensive book too. Yeah, I think uh, it was like it was four ninety nine. Was it four? Oof. Yeah. Uh, 
two dollars. So, you know, two dollars more, but it's it's like a double sized issue. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't really like it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it was you know those characters that I I wanted to see more of. I might not necessarily like all of them, but I thought the interactions at least would have been interesting. But they constantly keep trying to sell this as more of like, no, here's this big mystery. What's going to happen? I I don't care about the overarching mystery for this book, mm-hmm. and it, this is kind of my my complaint about the Runaways TV show. For whenever we talk about that, I care more about the characters and their place in the story than I do the story itself. And that's the thing is, the overarching arc of this thing is what to solve this mystery mm-hmm. is the least interesting part. The parts that I actually liked were the students together. Yeah. And I had this moment where Zatanna's really having, like, oh, Zatanna's really fitting in with these other students. She found, like, her roommates are her friends, da da da. Mm-hmm. And then I have this moment, she just sent her dad to hell, like, 30 minutes ago. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that just doesn't, it just doesn't fit. Like, they could have just had her dad send her to this school. Not her sending yeah, him to hell. Yeah, but that's the origin story, is it, that she accidentally does that when she... I know, but you sleep. think that she'd be a little but more it, traumatic. It'd be a little more traumatic. Yeah, yeah but, but Rose said, point, it's like, okay. They, someone does come on and be like, uh, he's gotten out of worse things before. Let's go to school. Yep. She says it is, he'll be okay, and she's like, yeah, sure, okay, cool. Girl I never met before. Uh, right? Yeah. Uh, so there was there's inconsistencies with this book, mm-hmm. and... I mean that the mystery of of who the malevolence is and all that stuff. I wish you didn't have that one of the last panels where they say like, "It's one of these five uh, students that we've introduced you to." I wish that hadn't been there. And the old '90s thing of one, uh, of cover where it's the five headshots and it's like one of these characters is the traitor, right? Because I was enjoying the book well enough. It had some stumbles. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did, I also thought of Wolverine and the X-Men. I did have that, oh, it's Harry Potter-ish. But it was, though, the the kids were written well enough that I enjoyed their interactions. Right, but they're not the kids, but they're not, unlike Wolverine and the X-Men, where they were actually still kid characters, and the characters that we've been reading forever are now the teachers and they're there. Aside from Zatanna, who do you care about these characters? I don't they're know they're nobody to you. They're they are well like Chantress we know because Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, but she's and she's shown up in uh the Shadow Pack and stuff like that. Yeah, so. but uh, Yeah, but this this is a younger version of her. This right. is her who's still just not in control of Yeah, but it's a character that who I, she even is. But the, now uh, that they're younger, like Zatanna as younger, I do not care about. Like because it's like no I like the Zantana that's confident that shows up, she does her thing. She says her magic backwards. It works. Everything's going. But this is just a fun side of her. I, I didn't have fun with it. I, I feel like the more I have to defend this book, the more I'm kind of realizing I'm, I might have enjoyed it more than I thought. Uh, <laughs> this is what happens. But... I take a stance, and you guys dig in further against me. It's not like that you guys have a stance until you're like, well, Paul obviously is wrong, so let's uh, dig in here. I actually like the book. I, I kind of... I want to I want to circle back a little bit because I recognize the name Alyssa Quitney who who wrote this. So when I actually looked her up, I realized that she wrote a bunch of other books that I have read and enjoyed, like the Convergence Batgirl story hmm. with Stephanie Brown. 
She wrote the Sandman spinoff book, The Dreaming. She wrote the Destiny Sandman spinoff book. Uh, we get to see some of those characters appear in this book with uh, Cain and Abel, and then there are Gargoyle Gregory. So this was all stuff kind of like that I saw in the foundation of it. And even just like the upper level uh, magic users like Madame Xanadu, Mystery, like they've all been present in kind of like that vertigo corner of the DC universe that I, I lived in when I got back into comic books. Books of magic, you know, like they're, they're people that have showed up in different things that we've read and enjoyed. So I appreciated seeing them all in this book as kind of that like skeleton cast behind the scenes is be like, oh, and like here's Cain and Abel like fighting in the background while Zatanna's talking to, you know, one of her other like fellow students. I, I appreciated that. Uh, uh, I don't know if I would keep up on this book, but I, I, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, it had some, it had some tripping moments where I was like, well, that just doesn't feel too right. But it did enjoy it well enough. I, I did like it. I, if regular pricing, two ninety nine, it's been, it's been a slow comic book buying for months for us. If I can get something where I'm having fun and enjoying the reading of it, I'm there. Captain America, uh, Loki is the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, one I didn't bring to the table, um, the new Moon Knight. Um, I actually enjoyed that one as well. Like, I have like superhero books and fun books that I'm buying, and I've been missing that for months, year, like probably a year. I've yeah. been, I've, I've, I haven't had a series where I've really connected to and wanted to keep up on it. Really, uh, I, I don't want to jump in anymore because I feel like Paul hasn't had a chance to say his thoughts. Well, he got I, up and went to the bathroom again. Yeah. Okay. But also, I, I, I said my thoughts. I to, uh, to Mike Norton over on the art mm-hmm. because Mike Norton is a like, solid Marvel artist, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that he's done has been just kind of like that Marvel coloring du jour. Having the kind of more flat colors done on this book over at DC, when I first started kind of looking through it, I had more of a, like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name, like a Mike Allred feeling on the art. Was that that very poppy, kind of static art style, but it's it works really well on this book, and I know I usually like detract mm-hmm. from that. Uh, the I... art on this book just kind of sings, like it's still approachable and has like a youthful energy to it, but those flatter colors kind of mute everything and make it seem just a little bit more heavy. Like when Zatanna's like going through like the like the underground, like towards the sewers to find the monster. Like it's it's kind of spooky. Mm-hmm. Now, are you saying Mike Allred because Plop is really a lot like uh, Gloop? He's, yeah, he's very dupey. Dupe, dupe. Yeah. yeah. Well, his name no, is he, his name is Plop. Plop. P L O P. P L O P. Plop. Is that Plop? No, I, 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 I read it as Ploop. I say I say Mike Allred just because mm-hmm. when you look at the artwork, everything's very kind of static. It has like those thick dark lines. Mm-hmm. The coloring's very pop art on it. But not, I guess cause some of the characters have a lot of eyeliner, because that's that's the one thing I look at for Mike Allred's art is like yeah a lot of the Enchantress or uh, June Moon yeah. stuff yeah even the like the pages or panels that have Mister E on them like mm-hmm. 
He's he's just a dude like, standing there usually. Uh, no, I would I would agree. It has a Mike Alreadyness to it, um, and then the color palette too. Every I think the, the the artist and the color really work towards this book. Um, I, I no, like it. To, to throw it out there, uh, since you guys are probably reading this digitally as well, uh, if you go to page number forty of the fifty-two, that's a Mike Allred panel there, like straight up. It's the the ploop. Plop monster. Wearing the hat? No, he. It's him, like in the cafeteria. Oh, okay, yeah. Like smooshing mm-hmm. over a table, like yeah. there's students, like and the pink eyes. Running. Yeah, with the yeah. pink. Yeah, it, it that, that that screams Mike Allred to me. The green and the pink together, huh? <laughs> I just pulled out the can of uh, June Gloom, which is a lot like June. What what what's June Moon Moon, <laughs> and green and pink. Uh, so. On topic, on theme. I, I just, I don't know. I'm more annoyed with DCs just, like, constantly trying to reboot characters to make see, them See, I don't see this as hip. a rebooting. I just see this yeah. as, hey, we had a fun story we wanted to tell, and these are the characters that fit in there. Zatanna is a perfect character to fit into this teenage witch story. And I think that's what I had the fun with it is okay. I know this character. I know where she's going to go. I definitely know the outcome of this but malevolence. she becomes evil? Well, she can't. But she could. She's one of the five. She, no, like, I think she could, but I don't see this as, as much of a reboot as it is a retelling of because they can come out of this and have the characters still, still be the same. Like Have it fit into the current continuity or canon whatever or wherever these characters are in that see how you felt about dr strange like with loki being source of supreme and it's all gonna get reset and steven's gonna be back like that's how i feel about this book because it's such a different weird take on these characters that eventually dc's gonna go back to the original zantana you know origin this Magic University is never going to have actually happened. And but we'll like okay. I almost I'll read okay everything then. now is an elsewheres. Like Elseworlds. it's elsewhere. It's cuz it's not going to connect to anything. Right. You know, it's all it's just enjoy the book no for history. what it is. Yeah, don't exactly. Enjoy. Okay. I don't see this as like, "Oh gosh, what does this mean for everything I've read previous to Zatanna? Don't let continuity confuse and confound you. This is just a fun, like, hey, what if Zatanna was in a magic high school on a Saturday morning cartoon? Like, mm-hmm. that's what this is. This is Saved by the Bell, Magic You. You know, like, it's <laughs> it's not meant to be like, oh, man, but I like the gritty Zatanna. Well, no, this isn't that. This is the fun I like pop. The Zatanna that hangs out with Batman. That's the <laughs> one that I like. <laughs> the one that uh, I didn't realize was Zatanna when she appeared in uh, animated series. And then years later, I was like, oh, shit, that was Zatanna. Oh, oh, you mean not Batman didn't realize. You mean us. As... Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's I, – I can understand the problems because I think I had enough – problems with it mm-hmm. but i don't think there's there's no I, reason for me there's to no it. reason not to have fun with the book and i think that's where you just missed out on the fun i had fun with the other two yeah that's all right See, I, I i had more fun with this than i did the the doctor strange one and 
when you were describing how you felt about this versus Doctor Strange, like I can appreciate that. I just think this is a more fun take on that kind of flip than I had from Loki as the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, and now let's talk about uh, the demon, Hell is Earth, the book that I had just picked uh, in our previous week for uh, the look back. The look back, and that's one of the only reasons why I kept this on here. Because I didn't enjoy this book. No. But we did get a rhyming demon. Uh, I'm trying to find the panel where it says who wrote and read it. He, he uh, rhymes it, it a little. A, uh, written by Andrew Constant, art by Philip Tan, which kind of surprises me because oh, yeah. I usually like Philip Tan. Uh, I have Brad Walker here as penciler. Ooh, did Philip Tan just do cover? He might have just done cover. Uh, which would... Well, you know, I could see it being Philip Tan too. Uh, Lee Longride falls apart in the coloring and the inking. In mm. uh, story, so in the story we have uh, Jason Blood hanging out and in the middle of nowhere, literally in Death Valley, because he feels like there's he's having this reoccurring nightmare where he's feel drawn to this area, like everything will come to a head here. And this and has a magical property somehow, Death Valley. Uh, there's another character, Madame Z- Xanadu. She shows up on motorcycle. Uh-huh, and roughs up some biker dudes that want to have her buy, buy her a drink. And, um, and also this little girl who's on a family vacation that she convinced them to go to Death Valley because it's a weird, strange adventure. She's having something going on with her. As well. And she's the girl that shows up in Jason Blood's Nightmares. And it all culminates with a nuclear bomb test, missile test, that goes awry and lands in Death Valley. In the mushroom cloud is full of skull faces. Demons or whatever. Because the guy that was in charge of setting off the nuclear test was possessed or was made to do so by his master who we're assuming is a greater demon uh yeah and then the the nuke touched certain people and they're like a fiery burny demon thing they get possessed by demons that the demon ends up eating and enjoying like he sucks them up like he fights them but then he feel like i don't know it seems like he breathed them in and enjoyed it like spaghetti yeah. He eats some like spaghetti noodles. Uh, but in the beginning of the book, before he's turned into the demon, the demon is taunting Jason Blood. And then at the end of the book, Jason Blood is taunting the demon when their places mm. have switched. And he's the demon saves a little girl. And then at the end, like where the uh, missile had hit is a crack in the earth and a big demon arm comes out. Book sucked. <laughs> The Even whole... if this hadn't been a full issue and this was part of like a like a Halloween special, I would be like, this is like a weak part of this anthology. Um, nothing about this book made me yeah. want to read more, made me care about Jason Blood or the Demon. Uh, the fact that even when you picked this for the list like last week or the week before, when you're like, oh, the, like the Demon, like he's gone beyond rhyming now and i was like i feel like that's just something that people do when they can't make up the rhymes it happens in this book 
where the demon doesn't rhyme, and then suddenly after he comes out, he's a rhymer again, and Jason was like, oh, I thought you'd given up on that. And then Dean's like, I just don't want to rhyme around you. I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> this is uh, so stupid. Hey, it didn't... Neil Gaiman also did it with the whole, like, no, I'm now the higher well, he had, echelon. He had, yeah, he had different, like, tiers of demons. Demons, yeah. Uh, the thing with this, I think it's a... I think the writer wanted to tell a Jason Blood Etrigan story where I think it would be a much better story if the point of view was from the little girl from the start and we didn't know it was like if it wasn't called like demon hell on earth and all of a sudden hell is earth um if she was if we were taken upon her point of view where she's feeling drawn and there's this mystery to like why death valley and then all of a sudden this bomb goes off and the demon comes and saves her and we're kind of like taken on that route where like kind of like i'm gonna go back to it batman the animated series (laughs) (laughs) where batman shows up like at the like he shows up just to solve the problem and we're like on we follow the villain throughout and then he comes and thwarts the villain i think etrigan is much better like when he just shows up solves the problem (laughs) bob's your uncle and then he's out of there. Like, if we spend too much time with him, we realize how stupid of a character he really is. <laughs> he's, is he rhyming? Is he not? We don't care. He's only in it for like four panels. He's a he's a Deus Ex Machina. Thanks for much. Thanks for, so much for playing. Become Jason Blood again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think if there was a different perspective on this book, it would be much more interesting. But this is a train wreck. Where before I was like, "Hey, Loki's over here. Stephen Strange is over here. Look at them colliding. We have like these four different story arcs colliding, but we don't care about any of those four because we're not given enough time with any one of those. And the time that we do spend with Jason Blood and Etrigan is so annoying that we are so I'm so put off by them that I'm like, I don't care about them. The little girl we don't know enough about. Madame Xanadu, all she's doing is beating up bikers, and the guy that blows off the missile is dead so what where am i who yeah. am i rooting for here so what uh think, this is this the book is like that a, a mini series too this is like what 10 or 12 issues oh my Jeez. god could it be maxi series uh this is the book that actually made me go oh, i guess i don't like the demon paul cornell with demon knight where's where, where yeah. i went oh i think i like the demon yeah, he's paul fun Cornell's in great. this book and, yeah, you know, when he appeared in this or that, it was always kind of fun. And this is the book where I go, oh, no. Jason Blood's a whiny bitch. It's just this hitting is, the bottle. And this, Etrigan's just a... This isn't good. I don't know why annoying. I thought I liked these guys. Uh, it just all around is a big thumbs down. Art, He's, story, how it's being told, everything. Just... Etrigan's salt. A little bit here in the recipe. Brings out the rest of the flavor of the story. Mm. Too much of it, and you're like, I can't eat this. This is crap. <laughs> what are this you doing is to like me? the time my this wife made salad dressing, and it was so salty, and I couldn't eat my salty salad. <laughs> <laughs> salad I can see salty. my wife from here, and she's giving me the finger. You can't do it. Can't eat salty salad. Salty salads are the worst. I salty. choked on spices too. A salad should be the least salty thing of any food. Right. <laughs> It's so true, Chris. So the Etrigan books should have the least amount of Etrigan. Should have the least amount of salt. 
of any book. That's all I'm saying. That's that's I think where this book fails. And, uh, uh, yeah, everything. Er, there's no redeeming thing about the book at all. Yeah, uh, I'm glad we all agree on that one. Me too. I, I wonder if we're all gonna agree on Chris's book I, for the. Oh, I'm torn about this book. Okay, I just want I want to say that just at the front. Okay, good. Uh, because talking about salty. Hey guys. <laughs> Alan Moore's a person who wrote comic books a while ago that we read and he's still salty about everything that he did. Mm-hmm. Nice. So nice throw segue. it over to DC Comics with Doomsday Clock number one, and this is definitely part of a twelve issue miniseries written by Jeff Johns with art by Gary Frank. And this is something of a pseudo sequel to nineteen eighty five's Watchmen. Uh but also a crossover mini event for the DC universe uh, as we know it now. And something they've been leading to for a year now. All the yeah. Superman comic books have had the Osmandian effect banner on them. And, uh, but just with the, f- with the, n- the, the new, button. new 52, yeah. we got uh tease these things. Batman finding the comedian's button. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tim Drake disappearing and then appearing in the, uh, prison of Mr. Oz yeah. over in uh, Detective Comics. So this is something that's been building up for a while. Uh, when I picked up Doomsday Clock number one, uh, this is one of my picks for the list. So, hey, you know, sometimes those books that we list, we do actually follow up on. I didn't realize how much of a hard sequel this was going to wind up being. Which confused me because yeah, like three years ago, didn't they do... A sequel well, with all the characters? They yeah. did lead-ups to Watchmen. So it was basically the characters oh. from the Watchmen story. It was, it a was prequel? like their earlier years oh. as as superheroes. Okay. And kind of like where they came from pre-Watchmen. Okay. And I think, yeah, it was... Because I, I thought about that too while we were... Uh, while I was reading this. Like, mm-hmm. man, what were those Watchmen books that they did before? And I was thinking about, and I was, I, it made me think about them, but it didn't. And again, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna bother looking up. I don't. I'm not no. that interested, <laughs> and I'm not that interested in this book mm-hmm. because it starts out very Jeff Johns trying to be Alan Moore. But that's the thing. I think he does a good job of kind of aping that Alan Moore style, just like because you're reading from rorschach's journal but it's a different rorschach it's it's not the rorschach that you know from the watchman book because he's dead now um because he doesn't say hrmm no he doesn't herm but also <laughs> i mean they give it away where osmandius has basically placed his other another character in the watchman or in the rorschach role mm-hmm but for aping that writing style it, it fits in like I I believe this is this is Watchmen just based off the journal entries and then you have a lot of like the media presence in the Watchmen universe like everything's being reported as it's happening from different news outlets then they all go silent and then you have like the world news taking over on every station reporting what's happening it it reads like Watchmen 2 mm-hmm. and Going through this, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like the meeting of the Watchmen and the DC Universe. Like, this was supposed to be that grand butting of heads that we were promised back when they launched Rebirth 
with that number zero like a year and a half ago. Um, and it takes us probably about like 40 pages to get through to the uh, appearance of Clark Kent that starts kind of bridging that gap. Uh, and I have to say, like the, the first little bit of the book when it is just the news telling and that, and that's where I was like, oh, Jeff Johns is just trying to be Alan Moore. And it wasn't till Rorschach was the main person in this and he's breaking the people out of prison that I actually warmed up to the book a little bit more. And I felt like he actually was writing this character as he's supposed to be written, not doing a poor Alan Moore interpretation. With him grabbing the keys and be like, you sure you still want to get out here? Yeah. And the prisoners being like, nope. Nope. They're I'm good. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised that anybody knew that the original Rorschach was white. Because he, to prove that he isn't the original Rorschach, he shows the one girl, oh, I have a, I have a black hand, so I'm not the original Rorschach. But also, this is, Rorschach has well, been yeah. imprisoned. Oh, after, yeah. This is all after oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. events so of the first knows. one, so everyone knew who he oh, was. Yeah, that's true. And this seems to be someone who was one of his villains and somebody who had probably fought him and maybe mm-hmm. had seen a ripped yeah. coat or this or that and knew something about him. Yeah, because he's breaking out uh, Mannequin. Or, or not mannequin. Uh, and the mime. Mime and uh, Marionette. Marionette and mime. Uh, duo. I, oh, super villain I duo. Like the, I do like this new mime character yeah, where he's a silent killer. After they break him out, they have to go to lockup to get his weapons from the evidence locker. Where they get there, Rorschach's like, oh, it's empty. They must have they must have like cleaned it out. But then he mimes like taking guns and knives out, and he's putting them on his body. I, it was dumb, but I could see him working as like a Batman villain almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like those villain characters, and ha- half of the reason I do is Gary Frank's art. He makes them look creepy. He makes the the work the, the art... facial expressions they have. Like when he's done killing everybody, and he's like taking that grandiose like proud. Like... Like he's like ta-da, ta-da. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that widespread arms, and he's just like so happy, and he's got blood strewn over his face. Very Joker esque with mm-hmm. the bloody lips, because he bit somebody's like face, and it's got blood squirted all over him. It works. The art in this book, yeah, makes me like this book more because it looks so good with his artwork. I, it, it took me about a good 20 pages to actually come around to what this book was. And then another 20 after that to be like, oh, okay, now here's Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like waking up from a nightmare and then him being like, I, I don't think I've ever had a nightmare before. To be hooked into a point where I was like, okay, you know what? I, I would probably check out number two. The thing is, I get whiplash at that point because I'm like, because like because you, Chris, in the car with John and Martha. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, ouch! Zing! You did that. Uh, but the thing is, like you were saying, Chris. Like, hey, where? How's this tying into the DC universe? How's this? How's this? This is the book, and it's just like the sequel to Watchmen, a book that I didn't really like. But at least like they give credence to being like, yeah, everybody's going to come together for like a minute. To be like, oh, aliens are real. We better get together and like not be dicks to each other. Oh wait, I guess that was it. 
they attacked Manhattan and killed three million people. And then, like, a minute later, everybody's back at each other's throats. And But this is happening in 1992 or 1993. Like, I don't... Like... But the, the crux of this is Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, he's he's away. We don't know where Dr. Manhattan is anymore. He went to another universe. We're assuming it's a DC universe, I guess. So it's at that point that I'm kind of... I'm kind of hooked into reading at least number two to see where this goes. Uh, fun thing about this, too, I might not have read it, but after we have our issue proper, we have kind of that ancillary, hey, here's some news clippings about what's been happening in these universe before we get a couple like preview artwork for the uh, upcoming covers for the issues. It it reads very much like Watchmen. I think Jeff Johns did a, a good job of aping that style, like I said at the beginning. I know you said you weren't a big fan of it, John. It, it does read very much in that tone. And I think it's more so in this than we had in the original uh Watchmen spin-off books that came out a couple years ago with each one focusing on a different character. This is definitely more in line with what we had from the original Watchmen, which is, I think, what kind of makes it work. Except I don't get that bullshit pirate story in the middle of it that interrupts the main story that everybody yeah, you, that's pretentious really and says... Would you want that, though, spending like five ninety nine an issue? Yeah, but everybody's so pretentious when they talk about Watchmen. They're like, oh yeah, but you have to read those parts. Otherwise, oh. you don't get the full... And of some, somehow they tie into each other. No, I skip them all because they're bullshit. <laughs> I don't care about the Dread Pirate or whatever it was called. Did any of us read those? Oh, yeah, I, I did, did. Did they tie in in any way? I don't remember. <laughs> exactly. No. It's, not, it's not important. But you know what? I I came out of this enjoying it more than I did going into it. Uh, I I would agree. Uh, the start of this book, it took a third mm-hmm. into it to then ramping up, then getting slowed down by the Superman, and then ramping up again for me to be interested. If you were to buy this, Chris, I would download it and read it like three months from after that time because I feel like this is something we would drop off super, super quickly. I think you would buy issue two. And then you wouldn't get around to probably reading it. You'd miss three and four. Okay, then well, you'd read it. What if I decided to make number two my one of my picks for next month's? It's unprecedented. We've, we don't we've do never that. Done that. <laughs> we've never done that. Yeah, we could do it. We you could set the stage. It's two, it'll be 2018. I might do it. <laughs> it'll be 2018. It's a whole new year. Whole new year. We we switch things up. December 27th. So. Yeah, it'll be 2018. December 27th, we would be reading it at the beginning of 2018. So yeah. It'd be a whole new year, All whole right. new rules. Let's let's see if you remember to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing is, I feel like this is a good sequel to The Watchmen. I just don't want it. You don't it, need it. I don't want it in my DC universe. That is not peanut butter. That's mayonnaise in your peanut butter. That is freaking mayonnaise in my chocolate. Do we want to do a, do we want to review these, like do a, a power ranking? Power ranking. Ooh, uh, I, I could. Yeah, I, I could. I might forget one of the books, but uh, my power ranking would be uh, Captain America, number one. Then Doctor Strange. Then, ooh. It's got to be Mystic U. <laughs> no, it's, it's probably because if I were to take out the Superman parts, 
and just read it as a continuation of the five minutes after Watchmen, then it would be Doomsday Clock. Then Etrigan... No, then Mystic You and then Etrigan the Demon. Yeah. The Demon was the worst. Uh, I would go uh, Captain America, Doctor Strange, Mystic You, Doomsday, the Demon. So we flipped four and three. Uh, Chris? For my power rankings, I would definitely uh, agree with you guys that Captain America number 690 is my number one. Uh, Great read for a Captain America pseudo-fan or someone to be hooked into it. My number two, though, I'm going to differ with you guys. I'm going to say Doomsday Clock number one just because this is this is the book of all the other ones that made me kind of be like, all right, you know what? I would put down money for number two. I want to see where this goes. Uh, after that, Mystic U number one, because I like the idea of it. I wouldn't mind seeing where it goes after that. Then Doctor Strange, and then bringing up the rear, the Demon Hellzer is number one, because I, I can't put that book any lower. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we could I, leave it off the list. <laughs> if I could, I would have, but since it was talked about, it had to be mentioned at some point in the power ranking. And uh, if you want to hear some other power ranking that we can do, or some other idea you can put on our Google Doc. Yeah, let us know. know if, book maybe we should have read this month. Something we should have read. Any uh, kind of topic, topic? for the main, the main topic? Any kind of news that you guys see? Trade and policy. We've had several trade and policies recommended to us, and we have loved almost all of them. Where should they go to tell us this, though? Over to our Facebook our page, Our Facebook right? page, yeah. yeah just but... leave us a message there. Post it on the Facebook facebook page or and, if you want to, if you go to the show notes page you can leave comments on each ooh, of the episodes mm. as well so let us know that way uh, every page? time i go to do the new show notes i always have to mark a lot of comments as spam because we get a lot of uh, a lot of russian interference on the episodes with the comments what you mean the russian brides aren't actually wanting to date wanna, me they don't no, actually they, just, they don't want to meet they just me? want us to go to their websites paul oh i'm sure they're fishing oh okay yeah but no, I, I would love to see some real comments on there, not just stuff that I have to mark as spam because it's someone trying to get you to go to a website. And rate and review us over on the podcast site that you listen to us on. That helps other people find our show, and we just really like that. Yeah. It makes I, us feel on happy. iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcatcher, Podkicker. Those sites. Podbean. I'm trying to remember them all. You don't have to. But I try. I think there's one called Blueberry. Blueberry! <laughs> yeah. Sounds delicious. 